<laughs> Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversation amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-help, philosophy, and business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Simple Minds Podcast. Jacob here, and I'll be hosting today, and I am joined by Travis Hato. Hello, hello. Thank you. Thank you. Justin Bourne. Sup. <laughs> and Conrad Francis. <laughs> G'day. Well, it's all gone downhill already. And we're missing Matt J. Hannum today. But noise on maternity leave. That's it. Busy with his new son. Um, what how many nappies he's changed? Probably most of them. Does does he look like a nappy changer? I think, given his partner had a cesarean, he'll be doing exclusively all the nappies to begin with. Fair enough. Yeah. Just for the record, I don't think he changed. I don't think he changes a lot. <laughs> I don't do a lot nowadays, <laughs> but I did a lot during the first few weeks. <laughs> Thanks, Conrad, for that uh, insightful consideration. Like a nappy he doesn't know. Well, anyway, just, <laughs> we brought it up. I'm just thinking. He'll appreciate that. He's a sensitive new age guy, Conrad. Is he? He's I don't know. That last episode's got me thrown, man. I thought I was. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> okay, so before I get into... Sorry, you I'll, can I'll give be. us a little summary first and then we'll get into the drink I brought today. The, the four lads that are here today are also part of a breakfast club that catch up once a week. And this Thursday after our breakfast, I was at my gym doing a little bit of training and I kind of I felt like we each week we talk about what we're grateful for and kind of how we're feeling that week. And I just feel that when I left the breakfast club, I had a lot of gratitude that I didn't have the opportunity to express. Um, so I put a bit of a, a, a nice piece into the our kind of group chat and Conrad thought it'd be a good one that we can discuss and kind of break down. So I'll read it out, and then while we're... And what are we drinking? Okay, I'll get on to the drink then. <laughs> Jeez, I'm thirsty. I brought a red wine today, a Cabernet Merlot from the Margaret River region, and it's called 9 to 5, which is quite ironic name. Yeah, given a lot of the stuff we'll be talking about today, nine to five is quite a um, oh, that's a good that's quite a good a funny. Did you label. pick it on purpose? No, I went to the local bottle shop. I said I'd like a nice kind of easy drinking red wine from the WA region, and he said here's an award winning one. And I looked at the label and thought, ha, that's gold. So <laughs> because he's well, um, got a gold label on it, it does. Yeah, <laughs> quite literally, but he hasn't been able to sell it for the last six months. So. You, you're the sucker that... That's it. Well, we can be suckers together. You're upsold. Let me pour this one and... You want me to pour it and you can fact, continue yeah, reading. I'll read the statement while Conrad pours for us. I said, I want to express gratitude to this group. It can get real lonely in business sometimes, but every Thursday I get a reminder that I'm not alone. When you're working 60 plus hours a week and paying yourself pennies while staff do their job and get a salary every week, it can be really testing long-term vision and your belief that the future will be better than the present. Especially when my wife is at home doing 90% of the household roles and raising our boys while I feel I'm at work every morning and late every night while only paying ourselves a fraction of what we deserve. It really tests my resolve and each week I get a burst of energy that I'm on the right path. Thank you. Let's cheers. Yep. Before we drop any bombs on Jacob. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers. Cheers lads. 
It's not bad. Not bad at all. So Conrad was the 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 nice. post got a lot of um got a lot of love, a lot of love, a lot of love from the group. However, Conrad was <laughs> everyone t- everyone gave it a thumbs up and a smiley face, and Conrad gave the angry face. No, no, no. I gave it a thumbs up. I respect the gratitude. I respect the gratitude. Yeah. And yeah. then Conrad was quick to give his thoughts on, I guess, some of the language in the the post. Um, I'll read my space. Of course, back. yeah. Okay. So ja- this is your reply? This is my response to, to Jacob's lovely words. Jacob, be careful about choosing to use phrases like what you deserve. Phrases like that can potentially contaminate your road to success as it may stifle gratitude or humility. Um, whilst we are making, whilst where we are may be challenging, where we are, we are through direct choices we have made or are making. If we cannot be implicitly grateful for everything on our journey, what needs to change? Our journey or us? So that was my response. Um, Jacob, question. How did you feel when you read that straight away? I definitely think you were right. Um, It kind of made me realise that um, the language I was using was a little bit self-defeating, even though within the gratitude was some some language and some kind of mindset that I still am working on shifting. Um, And especially like the bit around kind of that idea of what you deserve and what you feel you're worth and that entitlement Um, too early in the business process. I kind of felt like I'm, I'm the leader. I'm the one who's kind of responsible here. I should be paid a full salary. That's a reflection of the kind of work I do. However, I did that too soon in the business and kind of kind of lived beyond the means of the business for the early couple of years and that's now kind of hurting us a little bit. So I've taken a step back and and paying myself just whatever's left. Um, however, relative to what our family was used to, relative to what kind of I guess our expectations of what I kind of should be earning, it's it's a fraction um, and I'm kind of really trying to reconcile that at the moment. I mean, contextually, gentlemen, I mean, we're all in business here. So, uh, and we've all started uh, a business. Um, and I guess there's nothing wrong with having a vision of um, wanting to pay yourself something commensurate to the work you're doing. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Um, the order in which that happens, I think, is the most important thing. Like everything in life, even, you know, baking a cake, there's a process. Um, and if you start in the wrong order, you're not going to get the cake to rise. Yep. Yeah, you can't ice a cake before you've mixed the ingredients. No, exactly right. And I think when I look at business and and the analogy I just used with cakes to rise, you know, what you earn um, or what you take away is an outcome of a certain number of things, right? It's a, it's a byproduct. It's not uh, something you take out first. And so therefore you know, the things we've done in business, which we're talking about more and more often these days publicly, which is a great thing. I feel really good about that breakfast now where we're sharing our stuff, talking about business plans, talking about numbers, talking about um, the the things like um, action items. Were you doing that? Now, how long have you been in business for now, Jacob? About four years. So even the, the, the action plan which you've done, which you guys have seen? Yep. Yep. Yeah, which would be, it's a fairly solid action plan. Have you had an action plan that you've had in play in those four years? 
No, not not really. It's really only recently have I really started to do the the work that's that I really should have been doing the whole time. Yeah, and again, you're in you're in the fitness game, and it's almost like you, you there's, a, there's a plan to get someone from point A to point B in the fitness game. Is there not? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's kind of funny when you look at that because if the business struggles and it will struggle, and all businesses do, right? All businesses do, but then it comes back to what. What are you doing? What aren't you doing? What do you need to do better or get better at? And paying yourself um, what you believe you deserve has to come, you know, in the order of, of what, what happens. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, because part of it is that, like, I know you've structured your company, um, Conrad, that you pay yourself a dividend from profit yep. once everything else has been accounted for. Um, and that, it's, it's, I think, is a very responsible way to do it. I know some of the advice I was given, I used the pay yourself first principle when I very began. And I knew that like it was my job and I needed to some form of a salary. And for the, probably the first six months, I didn't pay myself anything um, while Ainsley was still working. But once the boys came along um, and Ainsley was on kind of indefinite maternity leave, I kind of, I was a sole provider for the household and had to pay a certain salary. And at the moment I paid just enough for us to survive, but not a lot more. Yep. Where, where did you guys, when you read it, what did you feel? What did you think? Uh, I think uh, language is a really part of, big part of life, I guess, for me as well at the moment. Um, I hone in on language. And, and when you uh, read just the line about uh, paying what you deserve, um, that brings a connotation on... on um, What's the word? The you never deserve anything in this life, yep. you know, and using that sort of language will <clears throat> embed that into you. Um, you know, like uh, the gratitude piece is fantastic because you're grateful for the proximity of the seven a.m. crew. Um, but the I'm always just conscious when I read those things that the the language is um, not in the word of you know, expectations on, on for something for me. It's like, uh, you know, give to give rather than give to receive. And it's like, well, I'm giving to this person because I want to get something. And it's like, well, no, uh, you should just be giving to be grateful to give someone to that, to give someone something. You know, like with Pewter, I don't actually can't really take a wage from Pewter. I reinvest everything back into it. Uh, last year we ran a loss. So I didn't invest anything back into it, you know, so... He's, he's um, paying to play. I'm paying <laughs> to play at the moment. So, uh, and that's all part of the bigger picture. However, I'm still grateful that my warehouse manager, he's got three daughters. I'm so grateful that I get to uh, give him uh, a wage every week that allows him and his family to live and that his daughters get to grow up uh, happy and, you know, that sort of stuff or as happy as they can. Like I can, I've done my part, you know. So I've impacted those people in a really positive way and I never am resentful for not taking a wage out of it, but I'm grateful for giving them the opportunity to – I'm grateful for the opportunity for me to give him a wage to then filter that on through his family. So at no point I deserve – um, anything from, back from him, you know, apart from him doing his job really well uh, that he is ultimately paid for as well. Yeah. But 
Sorry, did you have something to add there? I was just going to say, I fully respect that. And I've always felt the same that like one of the things I'm most proud of is the fact that we've fed, like put so many dinners on, on tables in, in households that we've got parents, fathers, um, we've got a whole group of our um, casual coaches that kind of support themselves through university and things. And, and I've always been of the belief that like pay yourself like um, there's a, a leadership principle that I especially learned from the army is that the the leaders eat last, that you've got to make sure that like payroll each week is our number one priority. That's something we never kind of sometimes it's a day or two late, but we never default on that. Then there's obviously rent and other things. And that's a huge part of, I think part of this statement came from the fact that I was grateful for the proximity, but also it just reflects a lot of the the stressful position I'm in at the moment where we're, a few months behind on rent where, you know, our leanest couple of weeks where I think literally if you looked at, at our bank balance this morning, I kind of take a little snapshot every now and then. And we had like negative a hundred dollars as our balance. Like, like our available cash was in the negative. We're essentially running on zero. Um, I know that over time we will start to catch up on these things, but when we we scrape through and make payroll by $20, $30 on a Wednesday and I can't pay myself until next week and now personal finances are down to under $100. Ainsley, as a mother of two boys, starts to have a lot of stress that brings onto her and that kind of, in, kind of injects into our family and our dynamic. Um, so whilst I am hugely grateful that we have the opportunity to pay all of our staff and maintain their ability to work and enjoy what they do, there's just still a little bit that I'm still working on is like there's that delayed gratification of like my time will come. It's just every now and then it just you feel a bit bubbles up. Yeah. Well, it's almost the whole thing is almost a contradiction as is like it's it's both sides are, are right, I think. Um and to find both sides. In that you should pay yourself and there's no point running a business if you're not going to make money. Um, you yeah. might as well go get a job and having that awareness and acknowledgement. So if you're continually running at a loss, we'll get the fuck out of like business in some respects or close it down or, or do something. Um, yeah, make the changes or close it down. Yeah. yeah. And or... Be responsible. Or if you're running it at a loss, that's a conscious decision and you've got the funds to back up that loss um, because you can see the greater vision and, and you're... you're you know, it's that saying of like, you can put your, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you can help others. If you're in a strong financial position to allow a, a side, no, just, you know, it's kind of a side, Peter's a side project in some respect, probably not anymore. Not probably, now. No, but it used to be. Yeah. Um, so you could afford to do that. Um, but if you're going to run a business and after three years, and I went through this as well, and I'm talking through the exact same kind of experience, um, you know, what's the point? And I think Matt put this really well. Um, and if he doesn't mind me speaking on his behalf, he doesn't have a choice, but um, he can edit this out. But he's changing nappies. Yeah. He made a statement or a commitment that he's like, if I, if the business can't make X amount of dollars for myself by this time, I will close it down and go get a job because I will make, I could make this much money elsewhere working for someone else. Um, and so it's, that's what I mean by it's a little bit of a contradiction of, I, I think you should be able to pay yourself. And if you aren't, then kind of, you need to acknowledge 
the purpose and the reasoning and have the awareness of why you might be doing that in the short term um, or have the funds available. But Matt, Matt's using that as uh, self-accountability and a short-term goal as well. Correct. But it's also kind of like, well, if the business can't make this amount of money, what's the point in having it? Yeah. And I think that's also a fundamental of like having – looking at yourself and being like you either weren't cut out or you didn't do the right actions or you didn't do what needed to be done. Um, and – because if your business, yeah, and because there's a great book out there called Profit First, which is around taking your profit first. Profit. Profit. <laughs> and I think that's the big difference is, is, is like, because um, my business was in a similar and four or five months ago, we were in a similar um, state. I did, I was close to not making payroll by a certain amount of um, dollars. That was the first time in four years, um, four and a half years of running business where, uh, I had to be like, I might have to borrow money to to pay um, for, for for payroll. Um, we've never missed a date on on payroll or that. I didn't take a wage that month, um, and because I've been taking a wage for a while, and that was the massive wake up call. And then a massive, and then I after that we had to make some changes, had to make a few redundancies, and they're the hardest things to do. And immediately after making or telling the people, um, unfortunately, your role's redundant, I reflected on it and what lessons I was learning. And it's smacked you in the face of the responsibility piece um, of how responsible you actually are uh, to, to individuals. Um, but you, and responsible. You, make a you make a choice and you have to do stuff. Yeah. And I think and, – and, you know, it was all my fault as into – why uh, they're being let go it wasn't a reflection on on them, um, and and we've we've made some massive adjustments over the last four or five months, and it's all kind of started to become uh, super clear. Um, and then the power of having the conversations with your partners around what's actually happening or what could happen or or what's going on. Um, and sharing that and being vulnerable because there's a lot of shame and guilt that goes with um, these situations too. Um, some people... Well, there is on your own part, right? Yes. Because your partners or anyone that loves you or anyone that cares for you will only ever want to help. And you touched on that in the last podcast, right? But how can people offer help if you're not communicating? Yeah, and it's, it's something I really try hard to make sure Ainsley knows that like the reasons why and... and like why we're not getting paid as much this week and what's going on with the business, especially because she quite some time saw a regular salary coming in and all of a sudden that's now been taken away from us. Um, but she has to buy into the vision as well. So, so yeah. since you brought it up though, so where does this paragraph, because this has got me stifled, I mean, when you got there, especially when my wife is at home doing 90% of the household roles, what, where is that feeling coming from? That just, I guess, comes from... Like feeling like I'm not contributing enough to our family. That so have like, you had the conversation about that with her? A little bit. Like I, it wasn't like recently I've taken on a lot more. Like we made a couple of roles essentially redundant. I've yep. taken on that responsibility myself. Um, and that means because of the nature of the business, it's not just working certain hours. It's like being like morning and night when I'm potentially most useful at home. 
Um, and Anissa's had a conversation with me saying that she really struggles four nights a week doing um, bath, dinner, bedtime for two boys um, on her own. Um, when I, I, I was traditionally home two or three of those nights. Yep. Um, so we've had that conversation. I, I've kind of reiterated that this is just what I need to do short term. I need to take this responsibility on um, kind of play this role in the business so that in the future we will be able to kind of, we're not living beyond our means and we'll be able to pay myself uh, um, the full salary that I kind of used to. Also a big thing that's come up recently is that like I've always believed that like Ainsley enjoys and loves being a stay-at-home mum. She yep. didn't really necessarily identify with her career and but now is finding that she may be quite like maybe one or two days a week where she can go and work, not necessarily because she needs to, but because she wants to. But that's more more now becoming a feeling of, I, I think I need to go back to work and do something because we're really struggling at home and Jacob's not bringing in enough income. Um, and that, I guess, impacts me a little bit thinking like my, I always wanted to provide enough that Ainsley could work when, because she wanted to, not because she needed to. Um, and I feel at the moment if, if she goes back into work and she would prefer to be home with the boys but she's doing it because we need to, then I'd feel like I've failed a little bit. Comes back to the old masculinity. 100%. So, yeah. so and, and this, is, this is the important piece here, right? I mean, you, know, you guys are doing this with families around. I, I was a single bloke playing in this business game a lot of the time. I mean, my, my relationship, when I went into business and was in a relationship with Jack's mum, um, you know, I would I would hands down say to you guys I was the worst communicator, um, and that would have contributed to what happened in that relationship. Um, but what I w- what I've learned is that you have to communicate right, wrong, or indifferent what you're doing, why you're doing it. Now your partners are there, and they will they will do what they need to do for them. Yeah. Okay, and we can all hope that it's all in the right direction, but without the communication, we're all stepping on imaginary fucking. Very floss. Yeah. Um, you know, and great. It's, it's nice of you, mate, to not want your wife to have to go back to work. But if you need her to go back to work and she needs that, she wants to support you and that's what she wants to do, then not having the conversation is is irresponsible. And that's, and that's on the other side of the fence. Yeah. Um, because... She's she's dealing with it in her own way, and if 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 her response is, oh, "I'm going to go back and work two hours a week for you, or, or two days a week, if that's what she wants to do," then is it not ticking the box you're talking about, but receiving help? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's why I, I when I looked at that, I wondered where it came from, and I think were we talking about shame in relation to that? That's what it felt like. Like you felt like you've let her down, or you felt ashamed. At not being able to provide a space where she could be a stay-at-home mum. Yeah, I interpreted a lot of guilt from that um, that that sentence and shame. Yeah, which and, and, and that's to. that's the place it came from is just feeling that I'm either providing the family with my time and being home to help with these duties, or I'm providing the family with um, an income to to provide. Um, a bit of financial security, but at the moment I feel like I'm providing neither. Yeah, and I think, you know, this is a classic case of chicken or egg, right? What happens first? Now, you haven't, and, and, I'll, and I'll, this is this is not meant to be taken personally, right? This is a case study in parts. 
but you haven't done what I would have expected a business person to be doing. In the sense that yeah. knowing your numbers, planning your planning your your your, your, your year, plan, breaking it down to your activities, you haven't done you haven't done the foundations of what I would have thought a business person should be doing. Oh, hundred percent. I the actions I've the position I'm in at the moment is a hundred percent a reflection of the decisions I've made in the past and the actions I've taken. And so let let's let's put that behind us. So this financial year you've started it differently um, yep. and it's going to take some time for, you, for your business to play catch up yeah okay and I've had this you know and I've had this number um, which I've always used when I've when I've mentored and coached in business and, and even in my own business for people trying to create freedom for themselves it takes a, a good two years a good two years of absolute focus discipline on the activities to, to create the outcome. And and we've talked about your business, Justin. You know, you're starting to see an uptick at the moment. And I'm at you challenging you to just stay focused at what's got you back. Because you have to stay focused. And a big conversation I was having, and I, I took from what um, Justin shared in, I think, the group not long ago, is that, that feeling of taking full responsibility for those actions within your business and not putting either someone else in a position or not putting or outsourcing something that you should be taking responsibility for. A big part of um, the position we're in is we were overstaffed for too long. I didn't take the action required to reduce the staff. We lived beyond our means and had to borrow quite a bit to maintain that payroll well beyond what we needed. Um, It was because I wasn't a strong enough leader to take that action and remove people that... I guess weren't good for our culture and weren't necessary. And there was an, there was roles that I kind of put people in that were things that I should have been doing myself that I kind of thought, well, that's a responsibility I can pass on to another person. And I think now I'm really coming to like going, no, I'm fully responsible for this. I'm going to take that on. We're going to reduce the payroll. I'm going to kind of be responsible for this. And now I'm starting to take those actions. And like you said, it's just taking time to make up for those mistakes in the past. Yeah, and, and the intention is, is critical. And that's why language is important because I'm always in observation of people's language. Language first, action second. Um, because people lie with their mouth and not with their hands. Yep. Does that make sense? That's, that's, what, that, that's the philosophy I've always, always seen. So when I hear people talking, to me it's the biggest indicator of where they're dialed in or not. Um, even in basketball, I don't know whether you ever watch me, Trav, but in timeouts I'm looking at people's language body language i'm looking at their, their verbiage i'm looking at their eyes i'm observing and then when they go back into the game i'll tell passer who's dialed in and who's dialed out yeah language is a direct link to your brain really isn't it it is it is it's 100 percent a link to your, your subconscious um and when i saw that and you know you talk about me sitting back looking looking at people at 7 a.m breakfast club because i i, I um i um sit there and i just watch where things go um it's because i've i've been there and i've seen the stories you tell yourself and the delusions that you tell yourself to try and make yourself feel better. But the truth is, um, this is where you show yourself to be a leader. Right now is where you show yourself to be a leader. And this is, so in building your business now is where you develop the leadership qualities that you need tomorrow. And in the absence of doing that four years ago, you're having to come back to do it now. Yeah. Okay. Um, with a lot more on the table, a lot more at risk. Yeah, that's true. All right, and it's, it's, it's contextually the, the issue. That if you don't take the lesson cheaply, 
it's going to cost you more <laughs> time and money. Have you have you done a um, have you done a compound uh, interest calculator <laughs> on your uh, your mistakes um, yet? No, they're not mistakes. Sorry, your lesson. I have not. No, I think that's after this. Go do it because whatever that number <laughs> is over the next twenty years is what this lesson cost you. Yeah. And when I did this, sorry, it was done for me. Uh, <laughs> Four months ago, yeah, yeah, I think it was a five million dollar lesson. Um, yeah. Compounded over, compounded over the twenty or whatever my vision or my target was. Yeah, compounded. I think it was fifteen or twenty years or something. Like, all right, where do you want to be at uh, sixty five or fifty five? I'd like to be here. Okay, well, this lesson cost you where you were meant to be. Oh yeah. fuck. Okay, and then I guess the way I've looked at it is like. You know, we've spent money on um, business coaches and uh, business lessons and all this other type of stuff. And this is just very one big, very expensive lesson that I've been taught. Um, and it's taken me the five years to learn a couple of these, the last 12 months to, to really learn it. And I think it is – and why I use the word contradiction is it's all contradictions along the way because there is like success begets more success, but success will always fuck you if you don't have a strong enough foundation. You haven't got the the habits and the right disciplines in place uh, to build off, the right foundations. And we didn't have the right foundations. I personally as an individual didn't have the right foundations. Um, and I think this is an opportunity for ground zero. And, yeah, I think I've learned the power of language. Like I've been journaling every morning and writing – I guess, um, things in there as well and trying to write in the, 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 the present um, state. And that's been very helpful. And having the conversation with your, your partner. So all the little wins that I've had over the last few months, my wife is like, that's amazing. Yep, we're one step towards where we need to be going. She's played a big part. She's played a massive part. Um, so every little win small or bigger she's like been cheering me along and um i think that's been huge uh for me and i'm very grateful that she's got a very solid job um she's the breadwinner yeah, but let's be honest. there was one there was one <laughs> board meeting we had where to solve justin's problem v had the answer and he hadn't thought of using her to do that yeah i think so? she, i think she fixed it and well not fixed it but she Whipped it up in like 10 minutes, something that needed Crazy. to be done. Crazy. And and it, I've been it, sitting on it for two years as a problem. Fucking mm. <laughs> for real, man. Fucking hell. I yeah. know. Anyway. He copped it. He did cop it in that meeting. Um, I've copped a few meetings. Can we go to this line? When you're working 60 hours per week, do you see it as work or do you just see it as life? At the moment, I see it as... bit of a combination like for me i know that like i'm happy to do that I, i'd even at the be honest yeah be, be the, real honest the because tricky thing you, you've, is got a, you've got a weed the garden bro i'm kind of at the moment i feel there's a, a div, like a, a tug of war between family and business and i'm like the time i commit i feel I love the time I spend at work and I don't feel like that 60 hours a week at all is, is a chore. I, I, the classes I teach, the the people I meet, the things I'm doing, obviously there's the stresses and things that make it challenging. But even but your language there, the time I spend at work, so you see it as work, you don't see it as you know, at the gym or at the business. It, it, really yeah. is a, it really is a deep psychology here, right? Because I think you're, you're at an absolute critical phase right now. 
Okay, and yeah. and I'll be blatantly honest with you, the way you play the game from here, by the way, you you use the language and the conversations you have and the openness you are with your partner, all of these things you've had in these paragraphs yeah. will dictate where you where you end up. Yeah. Um. It's great to have the action plans. And it's great to know your numbers, but this shit here is your is your deep psychology. It's your subconscious at work, and that will win out in the that long always in the long you. run. Because you can you can have those action plans and do them for sixty days. Yeah, but technically you won't do them for sixty days. No, yeah, I was being generous. <laughs> but your that deep subconscious will always win out in the long Which run. Which is why they talk about positive psychology and and all of that stuff. What what story are you telling yourself? What are you allowing yourself to hear, see, feel? You know, what are you yeah. immersing yourself around? Um, and, mate, the people like the Tony Robbins of the world, and I mean, not everyone even go Tony Robbins, mate, fuck. I mean, and I won't put myself on a pedestal, but I've been in this space. I've known it, okay? Yeah. And I know I, I know what I had to do to yeah. not allow naysayers as close as my mum to impact me. Yeah. Like, I, I, I call it work because I don't see a negative connotation with, I guess, the term work. Like, that's, for me whether I call it work, career, being at the gym, my purpose or whatever, I just see that that is just, that's a part of my life, work versus home life, um, the time I spend there. But does everyone see it that way? So does, does, does Ainsley see it that way? I definitely think she sees it more as work and like that's the time Jacob spends at the gym. Like, so if you guys are playing with, with the same word, you need to be on the same page. Yeah, that bit's true. Well, isn't that in any relationship? 100%. Exactly right. And because if you're doing 60 hours, if it doesn't feel like 60 hours for you, it doesn't matter. Like it really doesn't matter. So like um, it's it, – it, and that's and that can be a side effect too. Um, whereas if you don't have the, the awareness, if you get carried away in, in work, um, yeah. well, we'll quotation, we'll quotation the word work um, – I'm not saying that you can't call it work. No, you can call it what you want, it's, but as yeah. long as everyone understands what it is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just, yeah. I'm just picking it apart with I agree that with you. in other yeah. contextual things. You know, that's And when you're yeah. in a real scarcity and a fucking shit spot, like I, 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 I get 100% like yeah. where this is and I felt the exact same things. Like what's the point in running this business? Like I've got nothing to show for it after like four years. What What – this and that and it just keeps dragging you down and down and down um yeah. and i'm working 60 hours a week everyone else around me is getting paid then you start resenting all your team <laughs> and then that's a recipe for disaster because then you're nitpicking at them and then um they're doing their best um but you still can't see it and it just all starts compounding um yeah the language piece and then the self-talk language compounds exponentially yeah. it's, it, it's what it's what they call the the um, the dark the darkness. Yeah. Well, um, I had a quick uh, research, and it was kind of like if you're not looking at your shadows um, and acknowledging your shadows, you're never going to to move forward because it's the shadows that are that are really pulling you down. The shadow talk. Yeah. You know, I, I'll say you know point blank some some of the rationale behind my success over the last 10, 11 years. Um, has come from my me acknowledging my darkness, you know, coming from dealing with my dad's death, having better conversations with people around me, valuing people's lives more, being honest, um, you know, using the time with my mum, who's you know, you know, if I ever got into trouble right now, my mum knew, my mum knows exactly what she's backing if I need if I need any support. But 
you know, it's it's one of those things. You know, the time I spend has to be played in the truth, has to be spent in the truth. You know, I'm busy at the moment. You know, I've had some ball-tearing arguments with my mother on a Saturday morning about my my team at different stages when I get frustrated. Um, and you know, and she will she will challenge me point blank, and she's never run a business in her life. Yeah. Um, and my language isn't always fantastic. And Dave Clare will tell me that I call people staff and I should be calling them team. You know, but I don't see them. They're all my family, bro. I mean, I I see everyone in my office as my family. I take care of them like they're my family. Yeah. Um, I spend a whole lot more time with my work family than I do with my my actual family. Yeah, and it's it's hard. But I then come back to you understanding. And if you look at the people that have achieved any level of I mean, greatness, you know, success, whatever you want to call it, freedom, um, there's a massive sacrifice. And everything's okay if everyone's on the same page to make those sacrifices. Everyone's okay. You know, we talk about time with children. You know what? Your children might miss you, but you know what? They don't fucking know for a long time. Yeah. And that's what... I- like at the moment, like, and it definitely needs a continued dialogue because at the moment I'm, I feel like I'm just chipping away enough payments to us personally to just pay the bills, make sure we've got food on the table and a roof above our heads. And for me, and I, I grew up in quite a privileged um, kind of middle-class family where like we never had to worry about those sort of things. So it's something I've never personally worried about. Ainsley comes from a family where they they had certain times where they struggled to put food on the table and to, to have a place So she to can live. be teaching you a ton if you just open up. Yeah, so she she's in a very stressed position at the moment, looking at the bank balance, looking at what's coming in, worrying about whether she's going to be able to provide for our boys and kind of maintain, uh, if they're going to be okay. Have you shared the business plan with her? No. So she sees the outcome without understanding the balance sheet, the inflow. Yeah, okay. and that, I've been very you, guilty of just kind of not stressing her with those details. Dude, you've got to be open. You have to be open. Unless you've got the fucking solutions, which, you know, no one ever has all the solutions. Yeah. You have to be open with, with those people around you that matter. Yeah. Because this is holding you back, bro. I'll tell you now, when I read that, I'm thinking this fucker's going to kick himself in the ass. Because yeah. that level of guilt is like lead in a, in a saddle for a horse. You can't succeed with that. I know. I've tried. Yeah, it's cost me relationships. Yeah. All right. So if you want to be a better leader, start leading at home. Yeah, I've definitely got to have that conversation. Mic drop. I I I I agree, and um, like as you said, I acknowledge my wife has been a big impact over the last four or five months in assisting in the rebound that that. Um, we've had, um, you know, I, and I've shared on this podcast quite a bit, that kind of fear of success. And we had a lot of conversations around stuff. And so simple things where, you know, I I might need to go to a trip to the East coast, um, for business because we do a lot of work on the East and I always felt like this guilt level and there's these, this conflict and, and now, it's not nice, but we've talked about it and it's like, if I need to do it, I'll do it. Like I was willing to fly out. I was about to fly out to Melbourne for a day there and back in the past. It wouldn't even cross my mind. I would have let it go. And that would have been a deal that we, you know, um, but by having these conversations uh, with the people that are closest to you, um, because it's a lonely road and that's what you've shared with, with, 
with the brekkie group like it's it's awesome but you're only there once a week for two hours it's the people that you're spending the rest of the time with and your staff are never going to relate or your team whatever they may they may they may not relate bro but I, i don't know whether that's even an issue no, but you're spending a lot of time with them and they're never going to – and you can't expect them to um, and you can't sh- pass that burden of responsibility onto them either. Um, and so who's the next person? Your your spouse or your yeah. mother or your parents or I, – I just know that without having the conversation, you know, you, you can't move forward. So you're doing the business planning. You're doing the activity planning, okay? You should be and if you want to give Ainsley the confidence – and not the stress, then you've got to show her what you're doing. Because yeah. that time out of the home, you know, and her putting in her level of sweat equity into the family business, yeah. you know, you've got to understand that, and, and she's got every right to question, and Molly's saying she does, she's got every right to question, yeah. but because, because what she sees isn't a direct output of the input. But what she's got to understand is what a business is. And that's your responsibility to help her understand that. Yeah, that's true. I'm a super curious, Trav. Like um, over the last couple of years, what have you done from the get-go that you felt has mitigate these type of situations? Because it seems to be like, because Jacob and I were in very, uh, very similar situations, so completely relate. And obviously you've built a, a business over the last uh few years now as well just uh what's your kind of input or or advice um can i remind you yeah the conversation <laughs> of the conversation we had yep. about uh ashby not understanding business yeah i can't really remember that but oh um school holidays when she's on school holidays what's your time oh yeah yeah um holy dooly where do you start uh i think firstly it comes from within comes from you comes from your drive comes from what you can action what you're going to action um, into your business uh, the the buck stops with you um, in communication with your spouse uh, in actionable items in your business um, in you know setting up those action plans and doing them and you know holding yourself accountable it it comes down to you if, if you're the sole holder of that vision, um, and not just only a vision for your business, but your life vision and your family vision, then you are the one that have to, has to drive it. You know, there's no other person that is going to tap you on the shoulder and go, hey, mate, you're not doing what you're doing. You know, and uh, as soon as you become unfocused, so <clears throat> as soon as you become unfocused on that vision, uh, everything else will filter down. So your language will become starting to... Uh, falter and then your self-talk will you know manipulate that and become a bad thing and then you'll stop doing actionable items that actually are the things that you need to do to achieve your vision for life for business for your family whatever it is Uh, so for me uh, focus is number one Uh, two knowing what I want Uh, three understanding um, how I'm going to get there and then four doing it that would be my Sort of thirty seconds. So just, just, and just quickly. I mean, the evolution of Ashby into your life, understanding how you worked versus how she worked. What, what had to happen? Uh, it's just the conversations, really, and and getting her to buy into where we want to go as a as a family. Were they tough? Yeah, hell yeah, 
Uh, she wants you there all the time, and and I'm being like a school a, teacher. They I'm, have those holidays, man. Fuck man, I'm like a, I'm like a shift worker, you know. Like she will have two hours of a night time together, and an hour and fifty of it I'll be doing work, and then ten minutes, you know, like before we go to bed, I'll roll over and we'll a hug on the couch, and and but that ten minutes I'll be all in for for her. You know, some nights I just have to do that, and she understands that she. Understands that now because I've communicated with her over a long period of time. At the start, absolutely, she'd get crabby at me for not being able to take time off during the school holidays. Yeah, she has 12 weeks off holidays a year. Mm. Yeah. Mate, it's a cracker. And, uh, this is a piss take. I sit there laughing at with him. Yeah, and it was, it was tough at the start because she was like, well, why can't you have time? You work for yourself. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's like, fuck, like, yeah, I work for myself, but I, I bust my balls as well. Yeah, I, I love what I do. I love every minute, you know, I, I shift work pretty much. Uh, like today, I'll work from, I got in the office at seven and then um, I'll finish here. I'll go home for an hour and have family time and then I'm off to a shoot, you know, tonight. I won't get home till nine o'clock. So that's my day. Yes, I will um, give more time to her. What was that? Give more time to her and Farley on the weekend. Uh, than probably normal, but that's how I've traded it off as well. So it's normal in reference to a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, not, we've, not the average person. We've got to wrap it up, I believe, at some stage. But um, it's it's a great topic, and I appreciate it. And we're thanks at four, for opening we're at up. Forty five. Are we? That, yeah, we can. Well, I mean, I guys. think the key the key issue is that you know the, the the business game that we're in. You've got to if you choose that path, means you choose everything on that path. Yeah. Yeah, that, and and you become. I was going to ask you about um, the change from you uh, from the start of the year to now. If you could sum it, if you can put it into a word, what have you? What, what word would you use? For a word, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whirlwind. <laughs> um, pers- persistent. I, I'd get torn between persistent and habitual. Yeah. Between those two, um, because it's literally just the same thing and a series of the same thing for the last five months. How good does it make you feel right now, though? You, uh, well, I've only really seen, I've seen small wins, yeah. But this month has been a great month. Um, exceeded all targets, but not about the outcomes. No, no, I'm not talking about how oh, good during, it feels about the outcomes. Oh, along the way, I felt really, yeah. really good, and I felt my energy's been amazing. Like I used yeah. to, um. Yeah, the procrastination piece. So, I used to go to Hyde Park with the ducks uh, quite a quite a bit. I was back there this week myself. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that telling you? What have you got going on? <laughs> Love those pups. Um, no, they're not there. The fuckers aren't there. The ducks. Mi- south, it's probably migration. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, back with their puppies. But I found myself like always planning or like I need to be doing all of these things. I'd map all these things. I'd go to Hyde Parks and needed space and all that. Last four months, I haven't even had <laughs> the, the moment to even think about planning or doing anything. And um, yeah, it's been, um, it's been good though. But like I've been, all my stuff has still been in place. Like my med- um, meditation has been up and down, but I've been like floating, exercising, journaling, um, doing all these other bits and I've had some of the biggest success and, uh, in the last five months, we're back on track. And the most interesting thing that I still find fascinating is the relationship between your energy and your mindset and the numbers. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
And when you start tracking all of See, that. The cake's rising now. Yeah, yeah. It's the numbers used to be like really massive waves, really. Um, like the difference between. And your energy was really massive waves. Yeah, <laughs> between the top and the money. Funny the, that. The, yeah, that's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Um, the top and the bottom, the, the spectrum was, was huge. And the last five months, it's like not even half. It's like 80%. There's still waves, right? There's still ups and downs, but it's a much more like gentle and like the breadth between the top and the bottom is much shorter. And so um, both my energy and everything else has been a hell of a lot, has been the same. Um, And I think it's facing the darkness and really acknowledging the situation that you're in and you are there because of the decisions that you chose you know you, you decided not to make um and the tough conversations you decided not to have um see the word i would have chosen would have been responsible oh, that's pretty good yeah uh, that's probably sums up both which is an outcome of the persistence and the um habitual. the habitual is taking and and being extremely responsible um to everyone around me and acknowledging that because if i don't show up and if i don't do the activities there is a massive ricochet or um yeah side effect of of not doing that and that is the burden you wear as a business owner and you have Mm. to own it it is the curse. <laughs> or get the fuck out of or business. get the fuck out of business. <laughs> and it's not as glamorous, and which is where I think you, what you were trying to say is some of this as well, Jacob. It's like it's not as glamorous everyone makes it out to be. Yeah. And like your your team will never get it. They what think, do you mean? I, I spent six months in Costa Rica. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, you just take time off, right? Yeah. It's just like that. There are benefits, though, and it's acknowledging the journey. Like there are definitely wins. Um, you got to set them up. you got to set them up. Yeah, I almost yeah. like the times that you feel like shit because you you learn from it and you I don't know the I don't know, just oh I wouldn't have it any way. I definitely wouldn't have it any other way because I would be equally as frustrated yeah. and like I was as I was as an employee yeah um yeah. anyway shall we wrap up yeah do we'll you, I, I want to pick three things you're gonna do post this based on what we chatted about in the group um, and what the conversation was with these guys what three things you're gonna do. One will be making the habit of, even if it's just five minutes a day, I've got a five-minute journal to like write down my thoughts because then I think I can control my language through that reflection. Number two will be to have a, a deeper conversation with Ainsley about the business, the, the vision and kind of what we're achieving and, and the actions I'm taking at the moment and kind of what that's going to bring about. And I think number three, being like truly grateful for my team and the job they do and the experience we're in. I think part of part of growing up and becoming a better leader over the last three or four years has been being more knowing that removing certain people from the team or taking certain actions to create a stronger and better business for the people that are there doing the work is better than being a nice person and keeping on board the people that really shouldn't be there. So I think those that are still here, those that I, I love my team, I love being around them and 
I've refined the team back to those that I truly think can do the work that can get this business to where it needs to be. Um, but expressing that gratitude better, I think I have very surface level conversations with my team. I don't really, uh, there's one team member, my um, kind of two IC that I have a lot of conversations with about where the business is going, but I don't share that with everyone else. No one else has seen that plan that I've, that I have. So I think it, sharing that with the team as well would be super, super important. 100%. Well, I mean, we, we share our business plan, our activity plan on a regular basis, a weekly. Activity plans weekly. Yep. Well, I Your shared, one. I went through um, in July with the, t- the whole team and I showed them where we were, what we went through, how fucked up it was and actually how much we skinned really through and then where we're going and what those targets are, the numbers, the everything. And so this is where we came from. This is where we're going. This is what we're doing to get there. Um, and I also reinforced to the team that it was all my fault and not theirs. And we're here together and we're going to work like through it. Yeah. I think I'll be having a similar conversation. Because also to make them feel like it wasn't like, because they'll instantly think that they're, because they generally all want to help. Yeah. People do the very best they can. If yeah. you don't communicate with the information with them, you give them yeah if you don't tell them what needs to be done they'll just do the very best they can with what they've got and if they don't have the full picture then you can't blame them for for the actions they take thanks for sharing thanks you're, for being you're, you're hosting I, I think i i, I over hosted he's hosting <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to wrap up just to fuck with the episode or? <laughs> <laughs> all right guys thank you uh for another episode of uh simple minds uh, it like jordan peterson for a second if that you um frog he's wearing green Noise. If you like the, uh, the <laughs> podcast, please review us. Go, Jacob. You can. No, I, I am okay with um, kind of being in the hot seat. and, and um, No, and gen- generally, thank you for being vulnerable. Yeah. I think it's a, a fantastic thing. Wrong one. Oh, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> that one. <laughs> no, thank you. And, and if you, if any of our listeners are business owners who have experienced these same things, please let us know. Like, know that you're not alone. Know that. Yeah, like that's we, yeah, share some stuff. We understand I mean, what you're going through. It's so and true. Have been there, um, and, and if you haven't been there, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, and if you have, <laughs> fuck it, oh, hey, ninety yeah. percent of businesses fail after ten years. Yeah, and if you have ten a part, years before before ten years, if you have a partner or a son or daughter or parent or friend that's in business, ask them how things are going. Truly, they'll say, "Yeah, things are great. Business is good." But and then call bullshit. But go no, truly, <laughs> really, how how are things going? And see if they give you the the true answer because it's very rarely all, all roses cool thank you again cheers thank you have Goodbye. a lovely weekend like subscribe <laughs> i don't know